Gather, gather. You can get it done. You can get it done. What's more, you gotta get it done. There's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. Let's get the gleam, all right? Let's go. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. Hey, guys, where else would you rather be? Welcome into Hour 2 of Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Join the conversation now on the Long and Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. Or text Rick and the show at 744-2990. And now your host, the Big Dog, Rick Watson. Hour two underway here. Busy, busy. The rest of the program. Jermaine Farrell, David Smith, Kenny Brooks a little bit later on. Text line's open for you, 744-2990. Joining us now on the program, he is the Virginia Tech Hall of Famer, the Commonwealth's Broadcaster of the Year, Mike Burnett. Mike, how are you? Good morning. I'm doing well, Rick. Good morning to you. Everything good with you? Yeah, man. You know, we're here on a Tuesday. We're getting along the week. And, boy, I know you're excited about a 9 o'clock tip-off tonight. (laughs) I am so excited for the caffeine special. (laughs) I can't see straight. (laughs) I'm just glad we're on this end of it and not having to go to Florida State and play at 9 o'clock at night. (laughs) Oh, and you've been on the other end of it. Yeah, it really is for them, isn't it? I mean, they have to just make plans to get out of here tomorrow morning as best they can. Unless they have a charter, I don't know. I guess maybe they could. I don't know whether they do or oh, not. Oh, yeah, they charter. They definitely will charter. Uh, I talked to Chuck last night, and they got in. Because, gosh, when I left work last night at, like, 530, it was so foggy. I thought, how in the world is that plane going to land? But when you went down the valley, it kind of cleared up, and they flew into Roanoke, and uh, they're staying over at the inn. And uh, they'll head back right after the game, barring any weather issues. Okay. And, but it'll be you know, three thirty, four o'clock in the morning before they get back to Tallahassee. <laughs> no rhyme or reason, huh? They just pick a game and say, we need to fill up a spot. Here we go. Deal with it, basically. <laughs> yeah. TV rules, bro. <laughs> I know. I know. Just like we saw with this whole uh, Super Bowl uh, results. Every year, though, it's going to be the highest rated program. It will be next year. Pretty soon, Mike, it's going to be pay-per-view. That's, that's going to happen next, isn't it, for the Super Bowl? Well, I wouldn't be surprised, but yeah, I mean, that was uh, the most watched. And, uh, yeah, the game, I yeah. uh, felt bad for the 49ers, you know. Had their chances. They fumbled on that first series and getting ready to score, it looked like. And special teams, gosh, you know, you think about offense, defense, and people forget about the special teams. It's like routine, right? Everybody just takes it for granted. And then the punt goes back, hits the guy on the leg, they muff it, Kansas City gets a short field right away and then you miss an extra point i mean good lord mistakes mistakes and they just kill you they come back and bite you and uh couldn't get the job done when they needed to with the defense getting stops but uh yeah one of those things i'm sure the nfl is happy no they're thrilled to death there's no question about <laughs> it uh, all right, uh, right now, Mike Young not thrilled to death. Uh, Tech struggling. They got a chance tonight to try to get back on the right track. Mike, what are you observing? You've seen a lot of these teams. You've watched this team closely. What are what are some of the hangups? I know Sean Padula's turnovers continue to be an issue. Yeah, it is. It's an issue, and um, seems like they play really well in the first half. Uh, 
here these last few games and have shot the ball well. I mean, you look at it in the first half, I mean, the Hokies shot really well. I mean, they were over 50%, 57 something like that. In the second half, they shoot like 32%. Mm. And they made a bunch of threes in the first half and couldn't buy one in the second half. They were like two out of 13, I think. And so, you know, what what makes that happen? I don't know. I mean, is it that they're fatigued? They play too many minutes? They press a little bit? Does it get in their mind like, here we go again? You know, that's probably a combination of a lot of things. And um, they haven't figured it out. And so... You know, you feel bad for Sean. I mean, he had a rough time at the end of the game. I mean, he he goes down. He Well, the first thing he did was he turned the ball over the first possession. We're like not 10 seconds, 15 seconds into the game at a turnover. And at the end of the game, you know, he, he struggled a little bit, threw up an air ball, missed the layup, turned the ball over. And, you know, it's like nobody else was there to take a shot. Like he put the team on his back and said, you know, hey, I'm going to make this happen. And it didn't happen. And, um, yeah, it's frustrating. Coach is very frustrated. Um, you know, it's, you're sitting there stuck on 13 wins, and now you got double-digit losses. And the road ain't going to get any easier because, you you know, Florida State beat them in Tallahassee, and you got to turn around and sit there and play at Chapel Hill. That's not going to be easy. And you no. come back two days later, and you got Virginia. I mean, so the schedule is not going to help matters very much. <laughs> So in terms of getting, you know, being favored to win or whatever. So, yeah, it's a tough spot here now. You know they're capable of doing it because they've shown in the past that they can play well. Um, but they haven't played well for 40 minutes here in a while, and it's cost them. The Hall of Famer, Mike Burnup, joining us on the program. And do you think with, with Sean, I mean, he had to – when uh, Hunter was out, I mean, he was the main guy carrying the offense. And that just seems like that has not been shifted since Hunter came back. I don't know. You watch him play, it's almost like he feels like he has that burden every game, but he doesn't necessarily need to right now. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, and Hunter played really well in the first half. I mean, he made a lot of shots, and but he went stone cold in the second half himself. And so, you know, the defense, again, gets a little tighter on him, and, you know, it's harder to get shots off, and, you know, you get a little fatigued, and, you know, you're probably not quite as quick coming off the screens and the cuts. Uh, but, yeah, it makes it difficult, and... You know, you're not getting a lot of support from some some places like Lynn Kidd. You know, yeah. he kind of disappeared and got himself in foul trouble, played, I think, only 15 minutes. And, you know, he he only had, I think, two points in the game. MJ Collins was one for six shooting, I think. And, you know, it's just, you got to get that support and you got to get that extra score somewhere. I mean, Robbie Barron had a career high 13 rebounds. You know, he's been playing pretty well. But, you know, Makai Long missed his fifth or sixth straight game with that knee. Mm-hmm. And the Hokies, again, got out-rebounded. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, they're in a tough spot right now. Well, they are. and um, But, you know, you got to just take them one at a time at this point. I guess the message has to be try to get back to playing the kind of basketball you need to to see if you can get some momentum and, and maybe make a run in the tournament right now. Yeah, and play 40 minutes. I mean, that'll be a start, right? You just – you play well in one half, and you got to just keep it up. Play great down in Miami for you know, 30, 35 minutes, and then it collapsed at the end of the game. They lose that one. And, uh, you know, Notre Dame was the worst team in the league between them and Louisville, I guess. Right. They had lost seven games in a row and couldn't get over the hump up at South Bend. Mm-hmm. So it's just definitely been frustrating. And, um, 
you know, it's uh, when you think back to last year, you, you, you miss so much a guy like Mutz because he could take so much pressure off, you know, the point guard and some of those other guys because of the way he could pass. You know, he was like second on the team or he led the team in assists. I don't know, close. And uh, he could pass the ball so well. He was like the Swiss Army knife. You know, he could he was. score when he needed to. He yeah. could rebound. He could box out. He could protect the rim. You know, he could shoot the three, the two. I mean, he could score from anywhere. And, you know, they miss a guy like that. And that just puts, I think, more pressure on Sean and, you know, indirectly and Hunter as well. And, you know, and then you don't have, you know, Rodney Rice, who you thought you might have. And, you know, that didn't work out. And, you know, and so Rex Steiner has played limited minutes. So, yeah, still a little bit of work in progress. And, you know, you're down to eight games now, four at home and four on the road. And um, I don't think any of them will be real easy. Yeah, the Rodney Rice thing keeps hanging over this team, doesn't it? And it's nobody's fault. I mean, the players are trying. But that seems to be the one thing people keep going back to because that was a huge blow, especially as late as it happened. Yeah, and who knows what the situation was. I mean, you hear all kinds of stuff, but – I asked somebody the other day, and I think they somebody said they think he's still in school here that he couldn't transfer until after the season or after the school was over this really? year. And really? so he may still be here and um, trying to figure out his next move. But, yeah, it didn't work out for whatever reason, and um, that's unfortunate. But that stuff happens all over the country nowadays, it, it seems does. like. And it does. So, you know, one of those things. Well, we'll see uh, tonight. You'll be on, what, 8.30, you and Zach, and uh, seven, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. 9 o'clock the tip tonight from the Castle. I hope it's going to be tough for the crowd again, isn't it, other than the students. I know that. It's tough for folks on a Tuesday. Yeah, it is because it's hard to come in from out of town and obviously could get back. You know, you'd almost have to spend the night unless you're coming from Roanoke or somewhere because, yeah, that's, that's definitely a late night for sure. And, <laughs> you know, again, with the team struggling like they are, a lot of people will just say, oh, just stay home and watch it on TV, even though technically it is sold out. So, Yeah, that's right. That's right. They are saying that it's technically sold out. It won't look sold out, but that doesn't mean that it's not. Um, yeah. Well, here we are now. Uh, man, we're already mid-February. I hear the workouts are going really well. Any any uh, any reports about the football team right now? Everything, I guess no news is good news, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's going well. I mean, the Hunger Games are going well. I think everybody's doing good and um, haven't heard of any injuries, so that's good. Uh, looks like the assistant coaches have gotten paid, so they've got their salaries up there mm-hmm. like it's more incompatible with the rest of the league, which is good uh, because some of those guys, I'm sure, have had opportunities to leave and go other places. You know, Fontel Mines could have left last year or the year before. Right. And uh, he stuck around, so that was good. So, you know, not only did he do a great job of keeping most of those guys uh, that could have left and, you know, graduated or left and went to the portal or gone somewhere else, he was able to keep his staff as well. And so I think that's encouraging and uh, for continuity and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's good. I think everything's going well over there. And they continue to, you know, make strides and beat the road up and, you know, they're going to have a women's clinic, I think, coming up later on. That'll be fun for the women. Nice. Um, so, yeah, it's going in the right direction. Spring game is so much stuff going on around the spring game. The Edmund brothers are coming back and hosting a uh, reception for the ex-players uh, at like 5 o'clock on Friday night. Oh, and very cool. They got a, Yeah, yeah. 
and uh, they got a big gala, a golf tournament outing, and a lot of stuff going around that spring game weekend. That's going to be uh, a real fun time. They had the uh, fan duel over and unders, and they had Tech at seven and a half. I felt that was very low for this team, especially looking at the schedule, everything coming back. I, seven and a half seems like that's a very conservative estimate where this team could end up this year. Yeah, you never know. I mean, uh, obviously, you know, getting seven wins last year, you might think it would be a little bit higher, but yeah, eh, they got to start somewhere. So, um, I think a lot of people still are amazed that after that one and three start, they were able to get to seven and six and win the bowl game. So, yeah, one of those things. And what is it with the infatuation with Miami, Mike? You've been around it so long. They were picked to have the best win total of anybody in the ACC. I don't I don't understand how that can be the case. I just uh, I'm not yeah, going I haven't looked <laughs> <laughs> I haven't looked at their schedule that closely, but I don't know. I mean, <laughs> the, the coaches always used to say, you know, if you want to find the best athletes, just go look at them in Miami because they got the best athletes. That's right. But but they always seem like they're they have their own agenda, you know. They don't play together as a team. It's more individual. And I don't know if that's the case, you know, under crystal ball or what uh so it's just interesting that um you know they do have all that talent and who knows um i just uh, i haven't looked at them close enough to try to figure out their schedule but they always seem like they do get a lot of love that's for sure yeah they, they really do and they, you know they need you know the league needs that that name back right it's been forever since miami's been at the top of the heap well, you're right. It, it seems like there's that 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 brand is still so significant, right? That you on that helmet is so significant that people are just waiting and waiting and waiting. But so far, it just hasn't happened. It just hasn't happened. Yeah, yeah. You know that great baseball coach at Florida State had Coach Martin. You know, yeah. When he he passed away, yeah. Um, it was kind of interesting. I was talking to Chuck Chuck Walsh. Is great. He's one of the best SIDs around. He's the SID for men's basketball and. He was telling the story uh, the other day about, you know, they had a funeral and the commissioner came down to the funeral and and they they asked, you know, are there any dignitaries you want to introduce? And somebody suggested that they introduce Phillips and they said, uh, no, you don't want to do that. Really? He will get booed out of the place because <laughs> of the situation with all the litigation and, you know, Florida State trying to – get out of that grant of rights and all that sort of stuff. So that was an interesting story here and that. Hmm. Keep the commish out of here, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just keep him behind the scenes. We don't need to ruin uh, the this, this nice reception or a celebration of life or whatever uh, for a great coach when you got that going on behind yeah. the scenes. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, I get it, right? I mean, it is now. It's now a battle. I mean, they're just dug in. Everybody's dug into their own side. It's going to get. It's going to get worse before it gets better. There's no question about yeah. it. Yeah. How long is it going to take? Good lord, that thing could take forever before anything ever gets settled. I mean, yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. It just feels like the whole NIL thing is and portal's going to implode here soon. Like that Michael Oxley, uh, you saw that quote, I'm sure, where he said a third-string running back came to him and said, hey, I need a hundred grand or I'm out of here. And uh, they said, okay, enjoy your time somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, a yeah. third-string running back asking for six figures. Woo. Yeah. Well, don't let that door hit you in the you-know-what <laughs> on the way out. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, it's just out of control. It no is. Doubt. It is. It's, it's tough. And I did see yesterday, Rick, they announced that the ACC, the, the football media days this year, they're going to be for four days. Four days they're going to have. Four days? And yes, because of so many teams. So, Ooh. like the first day, they're going to have the commissioner's report, and I think three teams. Okay. And then I think they're going to have five teams the next day, Tuesday, five Wednesday, and then the rest of them on Thursday. Wow. Four days of stuff. Four days. Because of those new. Ooh. Yeah, how about that? Man, that's a lot. That's, <laughs> that's a lot. A long time. <laughs> a whole lot. Long time. Well, Mike, listen, uh, great stuff as always. I know you got a really, really long day ahead of you uh, getting ready for the start tonight, but uh, we'll be tuned in to uh, Zach and yourself. You guys will do a great job keeping it energetic. And let's see if Tech can come home and uh, play well. Students will be th- The students will be full throat. We do know that. So They'll be there, and I don't think Florida State's a great shooting team, so maybe they'll get some bacon for them when they – you see that second half and two free throws. That would keep them going for sure. That's true. But, yeah, I mean, I think you know they're capable of doing it. It's just a matter of can they get it done and get it done for 40 minutes. I That's mean, right. That's right. Don't let the pressure get to it. Just play loose. Go out there and play. These guys have played a lot of basketball, and they know what the formula is. They just got to go out there and get the job done. Right. That's it. That's it. All right, brother. Listen, have a great call, and uh, we'll talk again next week. All right, sounds good, Rick. You take care now. All right, man, you too. There you go. That's uh, the Hall of Famer, Mike Burnup. Always great insight from him. And uh, it feels like Tech's got a big advantage tonight, right? Because he just mentioned Florida State. That's got to just be, whew. Knowing they're going to be flying back all night long. At least they got a charter, though. They don't have to wait till tomorrow. But, yeah, I, I think Mike hit it on the head. Now, at this point, you just got to come out and just kind of have some fun, play loose, and, and go out there and take advantage of the fact you got a home game tonight late. All right, we'll be back. Stay with us. More coming up. Busy program. We'll remind you what's ahead still. By the way, check uh, five and a half point favorites in the game tonight. So there you go. Virginia at home, only five-and-a-half-point favorites over Pitt. Pitt's surging as of late. Interesting. Carolina's at Syracuse tonight. All right, so the Miami uh, schedule looks like this. They're at Florida. That's not a give-me. They got Florida State and Ball State. Should win those, right? It's at Hard Rock Stadium, though, so no home field advantage. At USF, that's not a give-me. Virginia Tech on the 27th, uh, 27th of September, certainly not a give-me. My goodness. You have to go to the West Coast to take on Cal on the 5th. Go to Louisville, Florida State, Duke, at Georgia Tech. Wake, and then at Syracuse. That's supposed to be a 10-win season for Miami? Two easiest wagers. The three easiest wagers on that FanDuel over and under. Tech. (laughs) <laughs> They're going to fly by seven and a half. Georgia Tech's going to fly by five and a half. And there's no way Miami's winning more than nine and a half. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. I will never fall for it again. You're not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe? No, I'm not. No more banana in the tailpipe for me. I'm not going to fall for it ever again with the U. Just like Clemson basketball, even though they're playing better as of late. 
All right, we'll take a break. We're halfway home. Thanks to Mike Burnham. Coming up in the third hour, David Smith, Kenny Brooks. Jermaine Farrell joins us next. He's the sports director at WFXR. Always a great conversation with Jermaine. It's brisk. It's windy. Be safe. More coming up. you never call home where they turned out your lights this is coach bobby bowden telling you to be sure to listen to big dog sports talk with that sorry rascal rick watson rest in peace coach man the conversations we used to have all right Hope you're doing well. Great stuff from uh, Mike Burnham, as is uh, always the case. Joining us now on the program. He is the sports director at WFXR. His name is Jermaine Carroll. Jermaine, good morning, my friend. How are you? Well, good morning to you, sir. How are things in the world of Rick Watson? Well, I wish my Highlanders were playing better, but and it's cold. So, but other than that, you know, <laughs> hanging in there. <laughs> hanging yeah, in there. I, mean, I was listening. Uh, you know, I was driving back from coverage Sunday on Saturday, and I saw how tough that loss was with uh, the Presbyterian. And you know, it's you know, it's this time of the year. You know, you got to get rocking and rolling. But the key is, there is always hope for teams that are struggling because you still have. Correct. Conference tournaments, which will get rocking and rolling next month in your back pocket. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And uh, speaking of uh, programs that are struggling right now, the Tech men, Jermaine, uh, chance late tonight at 9 against Florida State. But uh, that was a really bad loss for the Notre Dame. Had been struggling. I think they'd lost seven in a row. And they go to uh, South Bend and uh, get beat up pretty good on Saturday at Notre Dame. Yeah, that's a tough loss to me because when you look at it, I mean, right now you really want to get rocking and rolling. And these are losses that don't help the cause. I mean, a game that you probably should go up there and win up in South Bend. I mean, it seems like up there they swept the Commonwealth. Remember earlier this year they beat Virginia, mm-hmm. and now they beat Virginia Tech in South Bend. So what they're going to have to do is they're just really going to have to turn it on pretty quick. Now, this team is capable. I mean, you have the pieces, but you got to play a full game. I mean, there's been several games this year. You, you look good for, you know, a half or close to – you know, three quarters of the game, but somewhere down the line, the game falls apart. So they really going to have to tighten those things up. And if there's a guy that could get it going for this program, is Mike Young, because we've seen this team. You know, they were left for dead during certain parts of the year, but then when it's tournament time, they really get rocking and rolling. So, but it has to start tonight, and they want to get some momentum going before they head into the ACC tournament. But this stretch is. I mean, you got Florida State tonight, the dreaded 9 o'clock game, which, by the way, we all hate. We hate. Let's be real here. Correct. I mean, it, and, and a 9 o'clock game makes zero sense to me. I mean, no. you play at 8 o'clock, but, you know, it's another thing. And then, you know, you, you're at North Carolina. You, you got Virginia coming in on Big Monday. It's, it's really tough stuff. So, But they're really going to get going and just, just put together a game you know, play a strong 40 minutes and maybe that can get the momentum going and, you know, you can get something uh, going into the ACC tournament up in D.C. 
Well, speaking of Virginia, uh, they keep on keeping on. They've refound their defense, and boy, they're they've got the look of a team that um, you know we see Tony Bennett do this almost every year. But I mean, here they are now. They they are that team, right? I mean, if you've got Carolina and Duke, you got to put Virginia right behind them right now. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, like I said, over the last decade, I mean, Virginia has really dominated the ACC. I mean, they win the conference regular season. They get some tournament uh, ACC championships. And, you know, the defense is starting to play the way everybody expected. Now, you know, on Saturday, for them to score 80 and give up 76, that's typically not what they do. But you take the win when you can. And then you play a scrappy pit team. Yeah. It's not going to be a game that you can look over your shoulder and say, oh, we got this. But Virginia is really setting themselves up. They're finally ranked. They were, they're ranked 21 in the AP poll, but when you start winning games, you know, what's really turned it around, Rick, they've started winning on the road. I mean, they were struggling on the road, but mm-hmm. then they start winning road games, and now you, you complement that, you win the games at home, and they've been at home, and I can tell you right now, this team, you know, they're starting to get it going, peaking at the right time, and, you know, they have the nation's longest active winning streak at the crib, you know, at 23 in a row, they've won eight in a row. And, you know, what's interesting is, I mean, the parallels between the Virginia men's basketball team and the Virginia Tech women's basketball team, because they're both starting to get it going right now. I mean, you know, the Virginia Tech women, you know, and and one big thing that I have to say is, you know, this this team is Virginia Tech women. I'm, I'm kind of pivoting over there. I mean, they play great basketball, but the thing is, and this is a disturbing trend, and I watched it Sunday. I was down there covering the game. They are roughing up Liz Kelly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about putting three and four players. She had the, the two knots on her forehead. Yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta do something because the thing is, someone is seriously gonna get hurt. And you know, Liz Kelly in a press conference, she said, you know, people want her to go and punch somebody, but you know, you don't want to play that type of basketball. But it murkies up the game. It, it, you know, playing physical. It, it's one thing, Rick, to play physical basketball. But it's another thing when it's downright dangerous. And, and I thought Boston College, you know, went over the top a little bit. And I think maybe teams are going to look at doing that. I mean, the only way you're going to beat Virginia Tech women is you rough them up. But that's not the way you should do it. I wouldn't want to win a game that way. But this team is it's eerily similar to last year's team. You remember they lost at Duke, and that was their last loss until they lost in the Final Four at LSU, and they started peaking. But if if the Virginia Tech women are really going to get it going, they got to get contributions not only from Liz Kitley and Georgia Aidmore because they're going to get theirs. You know they're they're double double machines, but you know some other players really got to step up. They need like you know the you know the the, the Kayla Kings, the Matilda X, those type of players. You know to coach up. Uh, Brooks talked about that they really have to step up, and but this team right now, I mean, it's crazy. They they're the best team in the ACC record wise, and you know they're they're the way they're playing right now. Obviously, the key is you want to get a top four seed in the ACC. That way, you have a double bye, and even more, you want to get one of those top four seeds for the NCAA tournament because you get the host. And I can tell you what, and, and what's crazy, Rick, this team played Boston College on a Sunday, and it was sold out. I mean, it was loud, 8,000 fans. And what Kenny Brooks has done with Virginia Tech women's basketball is, is is awesome, and it's really great for the sport. I mean, kudos what he's done. Ever since he's got there, Rick, he's built this program up to something. 
that is of a national brand, and they're rocking and rolling. And I expect that they got a little payback in mind against Duke because Duke's coming here on Thursday. It's not an eight o'clock. It's an eight o'clock game, not a nine o'clock game. Thank God, it's a little better. <laughs> but this team, I tell you what, this team is really peaking at the right time. And if they can keep this momentum going, I mean, I give it a shot. I mean, they're ranked twelfth now. They're moving back up to the pool. So. J-Tech women and the Virginia men are really rocking and rolling at the right time. Jermaine Farrell joining us on the program, the sports director at WFXR. And I, I think you make a great um, differentiation about, yeah, the book's out on Liz. She's not a very physical player. And, yeah, you should try to be physical with her. But some of the things that happened on Sunday did take it to a different level. And that's something that it's really disappointing that an officiating crew – can just ignore that. And this is why people get so hung up on what they see, the uneven performances out of these crews, because that just kept being allowed on Sunday, didn't it? No, it can't. And, and, and Coach Brooks said, I mean, he's frustrated. I could tell, like, yeah, they got the win, but he was frustrated over the fact that treatment of his players, you know? I mean, it's kind of like when you look at, like, remember back in the day, you know, like the Lakers, they were a flashy team, and they'd go up and down the court and play great basketball, but then they faced teams like the Boston Celtics or the Detroit Pistons and even the New York Knicks, those teams, you know, physical teams, you know, and, and try to rough up a team. And that's really, I mean, I guess the biggest thing is, hey, if we can't play them straight up, we're just going to try to, you know, knock them around a little bit. And, yeah, basketball, there's it's a physical game, but it's not to the point where you try to hurt someone. I mean – for, for Liz to have those two knots on her head, I mean, I, I mean, and she still played hard and still got you 24-15. I mean, the thing is, is that, first of all, her jersey will be hanging. They will retire her jersey at some point. And to be honest, if I'm Virginia Tech, I retire the jersey at her last home game. You know, why not? Let's, let's do it to her last home game, you know, against North Carolina, you know, two weeks from uh, – you know, less than two weeks away, I would retire that jersey on that day because, you know, it's interesting. You know, we've seen, you know, generational players. I mean, I remember growing up, it was Ralph Sampson, what he did at UVA, a generational player. And Liz Kitley is a generational player. I mean, her growth from the time she got there until now, it's like, it's so impressive. And, you know, Coach Brooks has really got something going. I mean, he's recruiting players that they can go out there and get any player they want right now because of what they've done there with the program and it's really impressive and then Georgia Abor what she's done and and I even said at the end of the game how come she's not on the Australian national team like you gotta have a player like that on the Australian national team with the Olympics coming up and they're not even looking at her what are they doing down under no pun intended All right, what'd you think of uh, the Super Bowl? Now, whenever you mention Tom Brady, you have to mention Patrick Mahomes. It's painful for me as a Broncos uh, lifer, but uh, the Chiefs are now a dynasty here in 2024. It's now official, and there's no uh, as much as it hurts. You can't deny it anymore. Yeah, I mean they joined comp- a great company of teams that have won three Super Bowls in four years, and I mean they they know what it takes. I mean they get it done what it is. And, you know, was it the, the most beautiful Super Bowl in the world? No, but it was close. It was engaging. Turnovers, special teams, all those things really hurt, you know, both teams were a point. And what's funny is San Francisco didn't know the, the uh, overtime rules. Yeah, to be honest, yeah. I'm glad 
to explain it to me because when I saw, okay, I kind of remember in the playoffs each team getting the possession. But if you know that each team is getting a possession, what I would have done, if I would have won the toss, I definitely would have deferred. Absolutely. Like college, Absolutely. You never take the possession. But a great game. I mean, Patrick Mahomes right now, he's playing on a level that no one else is playing. And and it was just a great game. The halftime show, in my opinion, was fantastic with Usher and, yeah. and, and you know, Luda and, and all those. Well, I really enjoyed it, you know. And it got a lot of pub. Of course, my all-time favorite halftime show, I got to go with Michael Jackson when he was out in the Rose Bowl when the Cowboys played the Bills. That was my all-time favorite. And then Prince. But, but yeah, Usher did a fantastic job at the halftime show. And uh, But overall, the game was great. They did a good job. And uh, we'll see how it goes. Because right now, you know, right now they are the kings. And what's funny is, at first, when they won their first Super Bowl, Rick, everybody loved Patrick Mahomes all that. Now, there's, when you start winning, you become the villain. You know, everybody don't like a winner. You know, it's kind of like, you know, hey, look. You know, like the Patriots. When the Patriots won their first Super Bowl, everybody loved Tom Brady. But then they started winning, and you're the villain. Like my 90s Cowboys, you know, they rolled up. And, you know, everybody kind of liked them winning the Super Bowl the first time. But, you know, now it's kind of like you start winning, everybody starts to not like you, like the you know, like the San Antonio Spurs or the Golden State Warriors or, you know, teams that are dynasties, they're not liked as much at late because they win all the time. So, you know, what what Rick Flair says, to be the man, you got to beat the bad. And right now, they're not beating the man. No, no, no. <laughs> as long as Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are paired together, I mean, it's going to be trouble for the rest of the league. There's no question about it. No question about it. And that. you know, you know, it's funny, too, is like my, my sister is a big Raiders fan. And so it had to be – she was – so I was asking, who do you go? Are you going for the Chiefs or because they're AFC in your division? Or are you going for the 49ers? She went with the 49ers. So imagine you're a Raiders fan. I mean, there's a rivalry with them and the 49ers. But there's also, you know, how can you – I mean, they won a Super Bowl on your sta- in your stadium, and I know that's something that, you know, Raiders fans – you know, they're, I mean, and Chiefs, you know, Broncos, Chargers, and all that. I mean, if you're in that division, maybe you're Jim Harbaugh, you're going to have to face, you know, Andy Reid. And if you're Antonio Pierce, you're going to have to face them and Sean Payton, you know. So, I guess, like I look at it, Cavs can't see right now. I mean, until you beat them, no, no. they're going to be the gold standard right now. No, it's no. going to be hard. But, I mean, I, I think Denver, Denver has an opportunity coach and a quarterback, although you know, the quarterback situation is kind of murky, Russell Wilson. I mean, the Chargers, obviously, with uh, their situation with Herbert and also uh, Harbaugh, the H&H connection. And then the Raiders, I mean, Garoppolo's their quarterback, and Pierce has really rallied them. So, we'll see how it goes there, but right now, it's Kansas City's world. We're just living it. Yep, no doubt, no doubt. All right, my friend, well, listen, great stuff as always. Hope you have a great week, and uh, we will reconvene again next Tuesday. You too, sir. And, and right now we got the uh, for high school. I mean, we got state wrestling coming up, Salem Civic Center coming up this weekend for class one through three. Uh, high school district tournaments are going on right now. Which district, as we all know, the district tournaments don't factor into anything. But uh, we're starting to get into the high school basketball playoffs and state track is rock and roll. So the high school winter sports are starting to wind down, and we're getting ready for baseball and getting ready for softball and the spring sports. So. We are rocking and rolling, Rick Watson, just like you are on the Big Dog 
sports talk. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, brother, good stuff, man. Hey, I, now you got me excited. We should have been wrestlers, you and I. We should have been wrestling. We should have been a tag team. Uh, well, you, you and I, well, you know yes, what? I, I, yes. You know what? You would be Ric Flair since you're Rick. And I, how about this? You know, you know, my favorite wrestler is the Junkyard Dog. Oh, I love, I love JYD. Dog. I love JYD. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Good call. <laughs> I'll be just, you can be Ric Flair. All right, I guess. all right. I'll do it. I'll do it. All right, man. Listen, have a great okay, week. Buddy. All right, take care. <laughs> and, and real quick, I want to say real quick. Uh, yesterday was my wife's birthday, so happy birthday to Yolanda Farrell. She turns to ripe age. But there you go. Happy there birthday, you go. Yolanda Farrell. <laughs> happy birthday, Yolanda. Yeah, you better say the ripe old age of ah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good yeah. stuff from uh, Jermaine Farrell. Yeah, right? We should have been tag team partners. Oh, absolutely. Although, I don't know. Yeah, I think I'd go with Ric Flair. The other Rick I liked was Rick Steamboat. And, of course, they were really good friends in real life. I was a big Rick Steamboat guy. All right, we'll be back wrap up hour two. Remind you what's ahead in the power hour after this. is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire I fell into a burning ring of fire I went down, 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 All right. and the flames went higher, and it burns, burns, burns. A little bit of the cash here on a... The ring of fire. On a Tuesday. The ring of fire. Great stuff as always. Hour two, Mike Burnett and Jermaine Farrell. And I got text pouring in about me and Jermaine being tag team partners. <laughs> David Smith, the Radford University Hall of Famer and our NFL correspondent, will put the wraps on the season with our Super Bowl... Uh, recap coming up. And then uh, Kenny Brooks follows David Smith, the head women's basketball coach at Virginia Tech. That happens all in our 8 o'clock power hour. So we've got a lot uh, a lot going on here on the program. I mean, Ric Flair is my favorite all-time wrestler. I don't know if I could have adequately carried that mantle. But boy, oh boy, Rick Steamboat was my... Okay, look at it this way. Everybody knows Selma Hayek is my always number one. And Susanna Hoffs is my 1B or 1A, however you want to look at it. Well, if I have Ric Flair, and maybe because they were both Rick, probably so, subconsciously I chose them, Rick Steamboat would be my Susanna Hoffs <laughs> in wrestling terms. Man, I love me some Rick Steamboat. You know, he always looked great. He was a great athlete. And then we find out later him and Flair were like best friends, you know, never came across when you're watching. They did a great job with those roles, with those uh, characters. But man, I love me some Rick Steamboat. That guy was, uh, he was an incredible athlete. That's what people who don't understand, don't get wrestling, I feel sorry for them, don't understand what great athletes they are. Just to keep from actually killing one another, <laughs> right? I mean, but any event, so there you go. Selma equals Ric Flair. Susanna equals Rick Steamboat.
We are unequaled with an hour three of radio guests anywhere in America coming up because it's David Smith and Kenny Brooks. We'll be back final hour on a Tuesday after this. As a